Welcome to the Our Community Listens podcast, where we strengthen relationships and build stronger communities through listening, leadership, care, and service. Learn and partner with us as we imagine a society in which people care about each other first. Explore more at ourcommunitylistens.org. I'm Adam Salgett, and today's episode is a conversation between Mike Disparis, Teresa Vineyard, and Dr. Gary Morris from St. Edward's University in Austin, Texas. The relationship between St. Edward's University and Our Community Listens is an interesting one. As you listen to the podcast, you'll learn more about the university and what makes them unique when it comes to communication curriculum. You'll also learn how they have dealt with students during these difficult times, and how they are using this very podcast to continue connection and increase the importance of listening. Thanks, Adam. Appreciate it. Excited to be back today. Today we have an exciting guest for Teresa and I to talk with. He is Dr. Gary Morris from St. Edwards University in Austin, Texas. Gary, how are you today? Doing great. The weather's wonderful outside. I enjoyed a nice walk to my office so I could have a quiet space to chat with you all today. I love how you live close enough to your office in Austin, Texas. I can just imagine what it's like down there with the weather and the leaves changing and you getting to walk over there. So Teresa, I'm going to ask you, since you're in St. Louis, how are you and how's the weather up there? <laughs> well, the weather here is great this week. Yesterday, it was only a high of 50. Today is the high, the high of 70 to 75. And it's a little breezy out, a warm breeze. So it's beautiful. Love it. Oh, man. It sounds like everybody's having a good early November day. So let's go ahead and get started on our conversation, Gary. We're so excited to have you here today. Can you give us a little background on St. Edwards University in Austin, Texas, what the college kind of looks looks like, and what are some of your goals for the college? Yeah, so St. Edwards University uh, was founded in the late 1800s by Father Soren, who is the same priest who founded Notre Dame, which is a school many listeners probably know. So we are a Holy Cross school, which means uh, that's an order of the Catholic Church uh, that has certain values that it promotes. And in the education area, that means meeting students where they are, educating the whole person, not sacrificing the heart at the expense of the mind, creating a community that's welcoming to all, and the courage to take uh, measured risks. So it's a great place for students to come and learn from all over the world. It's a very diverse campus. We're over 50% students from underrepresented populations. And we're also economically diverse. So more than 40% of our students are Pell eligible, which means they come from economically the most needy families in the United States. So Mm -hmm. it's a great diverse environment for learning. We've got about 3,000 undergraduate students here, and we primarily uh, focus on the liberal arts, but we've got great STEM programs and business programs, and it's just a wonderful place to teach and learn. 
and one of my favorite things about St. Edwards, Gary, you know, you had me out there as a guest about a year ago was the fact of where you sit in Austin and um, the school mascot, right? The Hilltoppers, because you overlook the city of Austin is just absolutely beautiful, not just in the day, but at night as well, too. So not only an amazing campus to be at for the physical scenes, but a really cool place to get an education as well. Yeah, I think we've got the greatest view of downtown Austin skyline anywhere in the city. We're on some high ground, so uh, my hike up the hill uh, to the office is uh, 100 feet uphill. And so uh, in, in a flat area that uh, is east Texas, uh, we're right at the edge of the hill country, so we start getting some, some hills in the area, and we're on the top of the highest hill in South Austin, so we've got a great view of downtown, and, and, and another institution of higher education that sits on the other side of the river that people may know a little bit about, uh, <laughs> yeah. their, their mascots, the Longhorns, ours uh, are the Hilltoppers, which is a goat. <laughs> <laughs> Very well, very well described as well, too. So Gary, talk about the beginning of how OCL, our community listens in St. Edwards. It's a fascinating story. Got its start, not just for a connection, but that led to a national partnership with y'all. Yeah, thanks uh, for that question, Mike. I was uh, attending a conference called Texas Digicon at uh, Austin Community College, which is a large community college system here in the Austin area. And uh, the keynote speaker at that conference was John Gardner, who uh, founded and runs the Gardner Institute, which is a nonprofit that has been looking at and studying ways to improve student retention and success in higher education for a number of years. And John finished his keynote, which was very inspirational. He talked about his own experience in college and uh, his tough start, uh, but how he recovered and graduated and went on to a very successful career and his reflection on how not all the students get the kind of supports that he got. And that really helped shape his career going forward. And he finished that talk and then it was time for dinner. And I happened to be at the, one of the front tables and he sat down next to me and he saw my name badge and my name badge had St. Edwards University on it. And he had been on our campus and he knew of our campus. And he said, St. Edwards University, he said, you know, you're one of only a half a dozen or so institutions of higher education that teach listening as a college course. Oh, uh, wow. And so he was very uh, interested in our campus because we teach listening skills as part of our curriculum. And he said, you know, I just met this uh, uh, leader from an organization that you all need to be in touch with. So it was Rebecca Buell, and he had just met her, and uh, she had just assumed the leadership at our community. Listen, he said, you all need to talk. And he put us in touch with one another, and we started talking. This is December 2018. And Rebecca and I went back and forth a few times, brainstorming some ideas. And uh, finally in October, 2019, I got to take the three-day communication skills training class in St. Louis. And wow, that was so impactful. It just blew me away. What was impactful about it to you based on how you were thinking to apply it to your job? Well, you know, um, 
I think we all recognize that communication is a challenge in, uh, from personal life to professional life. Uh, it's probably the most commonly named organizational challenge by employees as uh, everyone feels like they're in the dark sometimes and uh, how can we improve communication? And we certainly had our challenges on our own campus with issues that were of concern to our faculty and our students and our administration. And we live in a, a very diverse uh, community in Austin uh, where there's a, a lot of uh, political uh, issues that are in the air as the state capital. Uh, we, we have a lot of uh, politics always going on in the community and a tension between local and state level politics. And so, um, just sort of observing what was going on on our campus, in our community, in our nation. Uh, it really inspired me to want to learn more about listening and how we could improve relationships and the function of our, our organizations and the well-being of our families. And, and that's what hit me about that three-day course as I walked away. And I think everyone walks away realizing I wasn't as good of a listener as I thought I was. <laughs> That's true, Dr. Morris. Gary, I think about the first time um, Rebecca called me and, you know, I just started working at OCL in the education department and she told me about you and she said, you know, he's from St. Edwards University. I had no idea during our conversation and you know i was making a big jump on assumption that you didn't work in the communication department <laughs> so when i found out that you were a professor of environmental science and physics i was just like whoa wow. this is really really cool because here's here's a guy who is a professor at a university teaching all the cool sciences that i always struggled in but <laughs> finding ways to better communicate not only in his teaching style but to reach kids and when I got to come out there last December um, to do a bit of a listening session, a pre-session with your folks out there, I was so amazed at your stories of connections with your actual students, um, besides just what you have learned with OCL, but then also to take that, those skill sets to work with your kids. Can you talk a little bit about that with the, with the students that you have, the student body, at St. Edwards and the importance, not just at that point in time in December, but knowing that we had a really big pandemic in March and the world kind of just went a little bit crazy. How have you used those skills to support your kiddos virtually, sometimes on the phone, sometimes in person? Um, because that's an important part as them being young adults, right? Yeah, we're very, fortunate and blessed here at St. Edwards to have an amazing student population. And I think uh, to a person on this campus, all of us who have the privilege of interacting with and teaching these students um, recognize uh, what a blessing it is. Uh, they are dedicated, they are hardworking, they care, they're passionate, they're engaged. Um, and uh, they have a depth of understanding of the world around them and a sense for um, how to engage with that world that is truly inspiring. Um, I think probably not a day goes by where we don't learn from them. Uh, and as the pandemic arrived in March, 
everyone on this campus uh, sort of rallied and reoriented uh, their approach to teaching and learning. Uh, we went uh, completely online after spring break in the middle of March. So mm -hmm. before spring break, we were meeting in person. And then after spring break, nobody came back to campus. And so transitioning from the in-person, you know, um, highly engaged um, in the same room kind of connection with our students to this new mode where uh, we're looking at folks in, in Zoom boxes and trying to stay engaged and connected and to listen uh, to one another. I think we all had to pick up a whole new set of skills, but I would yeah. say based on my experience that listening's at the forefront of that, uh, being able to hear the feedback from the students, be, being able to hear their stories and how they were adjusting to very difficult circumstances. I, I can only imagine what that experience must, must be like for a student in college trying to, uh, trying to learn uh, the second half of a class entirely online. So Gary, talk to us a little bit about, you went through facilitator training, you applied to become a national partner, and then the pandemic hit. <laughs> And we haven't been able to have classes at St. Edwards for in-person because of all the restrictions in Austin and just trying to get people together. What have you done in the interim to continue growing skill sets at St. Ed's? Because I think it's a very unique tool that you've kind of developed um, that we can share with others, but also to keep it going until we can actually have some classes there. Yeah, so last uh, spring, right as the pandemic was hitting, um, knowing how impactful the materials that our community listens had put together were, I reached out to uh, our local expert, Dr. Terry Varner, who is an associate professor of communication. She's the one who teaches the listening skills class on our campus. And without her, John Gardner doesn't know who we are. Yeah. And without John Gardner, I don't know our community listens. So Dr. <laughs> Varner is a key figure in this whole, uh, this whole evolution of our relationship with our community listens. Uh, you referenced me being a professor of environmental science and physics. I have to say, working with Dr. Varner is a real honor and privilege for me. And I feel like a bit of a pretender when I'm trying to teach about listening because she's the real expert on this campus. Um, but we applied to be a partner last April um, and I worked with Dr. Varner and our Vice President of Student Affairs, Dr. Lisa Kirkpatrick mm -hmm. on a proposal uh, that would allow us to bring that three-day workshop to our campus so that we could offer it to students, faculty, staff, alumni, neighbors and friends of St. Edwards University. And our proposal was accepted and we were kind of in the planning stages last spring and we realized that as the summer went on and the cases of COVID uh, weren't going down, uh, it was not going to be possible for us to offer the in-person three-day workshop during the fall semester. But we wanted to do something and Dr. Varner uh, is also a member of uh, the International Listening Association. And uh, I joined uh, after uh, Dr. Varner and I 
uh, were connected. Uh, and they each September celebrate an international day of listening. And, oh, wow. And, Wonderful. Yeah. And, and that made for the perfect uh, day is September 17th. It was the perfect day for us to try to kick off something related to listening. And we were brainstorming, trying to think, what do we want to do? And I got this idea to try to reproduce a book club model, but to use the fabulous podcast uh, <laughs> that our community listens has produced and that Adam uh, has, has uh, done the interviews for for years. I've listened to them. They're amazing, great reflections on the content, a real fun way to either learn it for the first time, to be inspired by it, or to reflect back and review the stuff that you took in the workshop. And I thought, well, let's, let's go look at all these podcasts and we'll organize them by topic. And I decided that that first one on September 17th would be about empathy and listening. And so we took that subject matter. We got three, three of the podcasts. We used uh, Welcome to the OCL podcast so that people knew <laughs> what this was all about. And then want to help someone? Listen to them. And then the third one we used was Empathy is Empowering. And we had, uh, we had the participants uh, listen to those. We had about uh, 60 people register. We had about 30 people actually attend the event. So pretty good turnout. Uh, and uh, we spent the hour together reflecting on the content and used the great Zoom breakout room feature to distribute folks into groups of three to talk about listening and to listen to one another. And it was a powerful experience for everyone who participated. Such a cool event. Go ahead, Teresa. Oh, I'm sorry, excuse me. Um, how many people on campus have taken the three-day course? And excuse my ignorance, I may... I, I just don't have your background. So is it just, just you at this point? I think I'm the only one on campus who's taken the three-day workshop at this point. Do you have yeah, We plans? had everything planned and then the pandemic hit. Gotcha. You know, and it just, it's, it has continually stalled. But one of the great things that Gary has done was say, calling us up and say, hey, I have this idea. Is it okay if, and we're like, yeah. <laughs> um, what's neat is this, Friday this week, he'll be meeting with our partners in OCL and not all of them are educational partners. You know, we got folks in the military, um, cities, different organizations, different nonprofits to talk about how they can take his idea built around what Adam's developed. Adam didn't even know this was taking place with where he started with the podcasts <laughs> and say, hey, you could be totally doing this in your community and I'll help. So it's kind of taken the idea of the nonprofit world and how can we share and build and support each other and Gary's kind of like paying it forward not just with OCL but with other organizations that we work with as well too because imagine if another group takes this and then they come up with the next best idea and the next best idea and that's really what we're about right and that's what I love about everything that you've done and kind of focused on that as well too. So we'll get them to the three-day class, but right now they're still getting yeah. some tools and some structures. The three-day classes and the end-all be-all, right? But um, right. yeah, working through this right now is, is such an important piece through that. Gary also play, has played an important role as we're 
developing and working on an online CST class. Gary was a member of what we called our alpha group to really kind of review material, talk about how it's not really an asynchronistic, but how do we still build human connection and conversation with that? Gary, you want to talk a little bit about that experience? Yeah, thank you. Um, you know, like many uh, organizations that provide educational content, um, OCL was faced with the challenge of not being able to deliver the in-person uh, experience with the three-day workshop as well. And so we're all trying to leverage technology uh, to say, stay connected at some level. And we recognize that it's not the same as being in person, but thank heavens for the technology. I can only imagine where we would have been during this pandemic if, if this video conferencing technology didn't exist or the, the um, uh, FaceTime or you know, these, these tools that we've used to stay connected at some level with one another have been absolutely critical. So one of the things that I think is important going into the development of educational materials, and it was uh, uh, you know, clear as part of the uh, review of the ver first version of the uh, ARC Community Listens class as well, um, we're not trying to recreate the in-person experience via Zoom or an online uh, right. format. Um, my, my analogy was, look at this as your second child. Uh, <laughs> your first child was that three-day workshop in-person experience. And your second child is still part of the same family and has the same values, uh, but they have very different personalities and behaviors. And it, you shouldn't try to make it the same as your first child. It has different objectives, different goals, different uh, uh, talents, different uh, strengths and different challenges. And so I think if we all sort of embrace that this is gonna be a different kind of experience for the folks who partake of it, but still meaningful and impactful, uh, that it can complement what, what goes on in the in-person workshop, uh, not replace it. Uh, it's gonna be amazing. And on the uh, po really positive side, people from all over the world could be in your class. There's yeah. no geographic limitations. There may right. be a, somebody may be on the Zoom at two in the morning because uh, they're on the other <laughs> side of the planet. How cool is that? So I think there's opportunity here to have a kind of learning that actually is impossible in the in-person experience uh, that, that will be really neat. Uh, we don't know exactly what's gonna happen until we do it, but I think it's gonna be really positive experience for everyone. I really wanted to ask you that question, Gary, because you are such an inspiration to the group. Because sometimes, you know, the group gets locked down and the, I don't know if we can, and I this, well, this can be really hard. And Gary kept saying, hey, this may be different, but how do we know this part won't be better? You know, let's rethink this. And he was just that positive inspiration to keep the group and the class going. And I'm really excited where the beta class is for the first time. And I know, Gary, you were a big part about as that, you are a big part of that as well so thank you i got kind of a big ticket question for you gary so we talked about students we talked about saying ads the tools you've learned 
along with doing your your listening podcasts or your your listening club podcasts how do you support the faculty and staff that is struggling as well to support not just the kids but keeping the campus going and understanding they may have their own kids at home that they're trying to teach and just you know just all the weight that they feel how are you supporting and helping them yeah, I mean, this is a very difficult moment for everyone. And I think folks need a lot of empathy, a lot of space and grace. Uh, we need to understand, and this was a realization I had last spring and I shared with my colleagues uh, as we were just starting to understand more about the pandemic in the, at the end of March and, and through April as we were closing the semester. Um, our classes, are probably not the most important thing on our students' minds right now. And our students are gonna remember a lot more about the way they felt they were treated than they are about the content that you're trying to provide. And I think that's still the case. Um, hey, we all have our moments. And I will tell you after seven months of being in a 1500 square foot house, which I'm grateful for close to work, but with two small boys and a small yard and Yikes. no social interaction, I mean, we're, we're feeling it. We're tired and we're stressed uh, and I'll lose my cool. Uh, and it's, I, it's not fun. And I recognize, hey, that wasn't right. And daddy needs a reset, you know? Um, I need to listen better and I need to have empathy uh, and I've told my nine-year-old son, Charlie, a number of times, I can't imagine what my childhood would have been like, how I would have felt at nine, not being able to see my friends. When I was nine, we were out playing wiffle ball in the yard and hot box and basketball and Nerf football. We were outside playing with the neighbor kids every single day. And for me as Charlie's dad to say, hey, can't be playing with the other kids right now because there's this disease. Uh, that's tough. I, I, so I got to have a lot of empathy, a lot of grace and space for Charlie. He's processing and dealing in his own way. Our students are processing and dealing in their own way. Our faculty, I'm sure, are facing challenges that we don't know about, whether it's family members or friends or social challenges. Um, we're all disconnected and fragmented in a way we've not been before. So we, we have to listen even better and more attentively than ever because people have stuff to say about their experience and they're desperate to have someone listen. Right. So Gary, I'm just interested if you uh, can answer this question, help me understand. How do you imagine incorporating the OCL skills with your students on campus down the road? Is it gonna be within your listening class or something extra? Yeah, so Dr. Varner I know has uh, referenced the podcast materials already to students she's teaching this fall. Uh, and um, we hope to be running the three-day workshop on our campus that we will invite our community to attend, whether they be students or faculty, staff, oh, alumni, friends, eventually community members, because we really do want this to be an experience that impacts eventually uh, all of Austin. Um, 
And I think personally, um, I take the skills from this class and try to remember uh, when I'm in class, uh, when I'm working with students to listen to their stories, uh, to listen to their concerns. Um, you know, one of the great challenges as a faculty member, I mean, we love to teach, which means we love to talk. And, uh, you know, one of the steps, one of the key steps and one of the hardest steps in the reflective listening is silence and being okay to let some time pass to give people a chance to process and think about it and formulate a response and then listen. You got to get to that uncomfortable moment and then keep your mouth shut so that you can hear them. <laughs> exactly. Right. Yeah, we're really good as teachers to answer our own questions before anyone gets to respond, right? And right. we find out even in the research that really peers learn best from their peers. <laughs> so if we can listen, they're going to make connections with each other that sometimes we struggle to make those connections with. Um, and I think that's such a powerful teaching lesson as instructors and facilitators and professors and whatever other titles we may hold in, in the field of education. Therese and I have talked before, you know, we're, we come from the special education background and how quick we were often to answer questions because we had a, we felt like we had to get through material, right? Rather than really just focus on the learning piece that needed to take place at that moment in time and allow, you know, the kids really to digest the information to be able right. to bring it out as well. To struggle with it and really understand it and then be able to apply it takes time. Yeah. And that's that deep learning and that's the depth of knowledge. That's the Bloom's taxonomy. That's everything we've learned, um, you know, to become educators <laughs> that sometimes the listening piece is the most important piece, mm -hmm. just like we learned in class. Yeah. Educators certainly face the tension of I've got this much material that I have to cover and I'm supposed to be at this point on this day and on this point on the next day. And we know from experience, including our own experiences, that learning doesn't happen like that. Learning is a struggle. You, you go through it multiple times and then you hope at some point you have an aha moment, but that doesn't happen on any, anybody's clock. It, it happens for each individual um, on their own time. Uh, so allowing that space and time and figuring out how to, how to you know, weigh that against the, the need to cover a certain amount of material. I think that's a challenge for all of us as educators. I would also say that as an educator, uh, and I was uh, fortunate to get to go to a Jesuit high school uh, in St. Louis. I grew up in St. Louis. So Teresa, uh, you know, cheers to my old peeps back there. In, oh, in sure. Yeah. Did you go to SLU High? I did go to SLU High. That's right. And, uh, oh, wonderful. Yeah, great, wonderful school, guys. Yeah, I rode the Kings Highway bus, lived at Kings Highway and Gravelway, took the Kings Highway bus up to St. Louis U High. And, uh, you know, one of the things, uh, their motto was to be a person for others and to be an example for the world. And yeah. I think it's a great lesson for educators. And we see this over and over again, too, especially if you've got little kids. They watch what you do, not what you say. Hey. And so if we're not modeling this, if we're not showing them that we live it, uh, they're not gonna learn it. And I think that's true for our 
for our college students and our colleagues as well, that we have mm -hmm. to, we have to live the way we want them to learn. And um, so I take a great responsibility in, in struggling with this material, and it is a struggle, uh, to try to keep it in, you know, front of my mind that when I'm interacting with people, listening has to be my primary objective. Um, and I, bet I feel it's so hard, excuse me. I no, bet, no. I bet I, it's so hard for with you at home with those two boys, like you were taught, mentioning earlier, it's probably a very, um, it's always a learning environment for you to utilize these skills. Well, and there's always something to listen to. So until they're both asleep, the house is just, you know, screaming and yelling. And that's why I'm at the office to record this because you wouldn't have any quiet. <laughs> you needed a break from the listening. <laughs> so, you could, so you could talk on our podcast. I love that. <laughs> you know, it's, it's kind of funny when we really think about how, how difficult just the, the concept of listening is, is because as educators, we don't teach listening skills in school, but however, that's one of the primary things teachers want to complain about is, oh, little Joey doesn't listen, or little Timmy doesn't listen. And it's interesting in the pedagogy and everything that you learn, we don't just take time to teach it as a really, really hard skill. And if we did, and we modeled it well, like Gary's saying, because the modeling is the key from the adults, what would it look like? How much better would learning be, right? But then that empathy piece and all those human skills, those peopling skills, the life skills we need to have would probably change drastically as well. So yeah, we have a lot of change work the world. To do, we'll get there, yeah. right? At least Teresa's gonna lead the way. Oh, good, okay. <laughs> Well, on that point, Mike, I'll say that every time our podcast listening club meets, I put up a slide, uh, one of the slides from the three-day workshop that's the quote by, uh, by Rogers. Mm -hmm. The most helpful thing a person can do is to listen to others. And I show that slide at the beginning before we have our first breakout. And I say, introduce yourselves to one another in your breakout room, but then reflect on that quote. What would the world look like if the most important thing everyone did for one another was to listen to listen. them? Mm -hmm. The world would be different. I Absolutely, the world would look like a totally different place. Um, we get to the end of our podcast listening club session, and I say, um, sort of reflect on how you felt today, knowing that someone else was listening to you. And I, I have a, a word cloud uh, that forms uh, on the side, so people send in their answers uh, to that question and we watch as the word cloud fills with with uh, with feedback from the folks who are who are participating and the words that come up on that word cloud are uh, connected grounded vulnerable relatable appreciated not alone honest and then i close the meeting by going back to that rogers quote and saying 
Do we have a sense of what that world would look like now? And wouldn't it be cool if we could spread that around? Listeners, I want to let you know that there is a upcoming interactive webinar that you can join others across the whole country and world. It's called, What is Really Bugging Me? Where we work on identifying specific behaviors and avoiding judgment and learn why that is crucial if we want to create connection and understanding. These webinars will always take place on the second Thursday, third Tuesday, and fourth Saturday of each month. Be sure to look for more information on our website at ourcommunitylessons.org. It's been such a great discussion today, Dr. Morris and Teresa. I want to thank you. I wish we could just continue on with this because I'm really enjoying this. However, we do need to bring it to a close. So let's, let's wrap up with some key takeaways that each of us have from today. And Teresa, I'll start with you. And then if you don't mind, Dr. Morris, I'll, I'll hand it off to you after Teresa goes. Teresa? All right. Thank you, Mike. Um, I have two key takeaways. And one, um, Dr. Morris just mentioned how the three-day class is just not the end-all be-all, that we need to continue utilizing the skills, practicing the skills, applying the skills, teaching the skills of, of uh, our communication classes. So I like that he uh, understands that and he's going to spread our word um, further. And then my second key takeaway would be that there's an actually a listening association. Thank you for that, Dr. Morris. I'm going to look into that and, and try to learn more about that association. Very good, Teresa. Gary, what are your thoughts? What are your key takeaways? Big ideas. Well, certainly we are living through times that uh, people haven't faced in 100 years. And uh, as we're super fragmented and separated from one another physically, uh, it's more important than ever uh, to be good listeners to those who are near us, who we're still in touch with, our families, and those in our little bubbles. But, but to a stranger or to a person in a Zoom meeting uh, to try to use that silence and listen. The other thing I would say is um, as difficult as the times are, uh, it's a, an opportunity and an invitation to rethink some things. Uh, the technology is allowing us to do things that were impossible uh, 20 years ago. How can we leverage this time, these tools, to create a new kind of experience that uh, honors the mission and intention of the Our Community Listens materials and gets the word out to more and more people around the world. And I, I hope that uh, with the initiative that uh, Mike, you described earlier with the, with the online version of the communication class and uh, for folks who are interested in this podcast model, uh, it's a great time to try some new things and uh, we'll do our best. And I bet there will be a whole bunch of people grateful that we tried. I agree, I agree. My key takeaway, Gary, is on a word that you said a couple times and I wrote it down and it's desperate, right? Mm. Desperate times calls for, call for desperate measures. And you, you brought up how people really are desperate to be listened to and they need someone to be empathetic. 
And I really like the word desperate because it kind of takes it away from that negative connotation, you know, the negative idea and says, this is what just people just need. Like if we could give them this gift and it truly is a gift, we can really do a lot of value to another individual rather than the harm that we see happening over and over and over. And it's really the key. It's the gateway. It's, you know, the arch, whatever you want to call it, to empathy with that listening. So I really appreciate you bringing that up. And so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to start using that word. I'm going to borrow that from you, if you don't mind, to kind of keep, continue my journey with not just the people around me in OCL, but my teenage daughters <laughs> as well, <laughs> as we continue to go forward. I want to take this opportunity to thank you both. It's just been a fascinating hour in discussion with each of you. I know you both are very, very um, in tune to what we're trying to do in the focus, not just in education, but the world. So thank you for your time today. Thank you, Mike. Thank you, Dr. Morris. You're welcome. It was a pleasure. If you have any suggestions about subjects for our podcast, feel free to reach out through our Facebook page. And if you're interested in taking a class, visit ourcommunitylistens.org. Thank you again for listening to our podcast. And don't forget, each word, each action, each silent moment of listening sends a message. Therefore, you are the message. <laughs>